Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2048. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Bremen, Indiana, with a very special guest by the name of Carrie Hines. Carrie, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? I sure am. All right, we're going to have some fun. Uh, before I give you a proper introduction, could you share one little thing with our listeners today that maybe most people don't know about you, Carrie? Oh, boy. Uh, something personal that, that somebody wouldn't know about me is uh, I solve problems in my sleep. Well, well I, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I wake up at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I've dreamt about something that I've been working on for weeks, and, and wouldn't you know, it, it's uh, uh, looked at from a different angle, a different view, and, and uh, nine times out of ten, it solves the problem. You know, I'll tell you something funny, Carrie. My wife, she's an engineer, but she always tells me that, Carrie, when I'm having difficulty trying to figure something out, make a decision, work on something, she goes, go sleep on it because she says, I'm convinced that your brain continues to work on issues while you're asleep. And she's right. Many times I'll wake up in the middle of the night and go, yes, <laughs> I figured yeah, it out. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, at least I'm not the only one. No, no, no. <laughs> I, do you uh, do you keep a little notepad next to your bed like I do so you can write stuff on I, I I used to. Nowadays, it's just the iPhone and the notepad on the iPhone. Uh, it, it's uh, it's one of the few things I'm digital at, but uh, I find it handier <laughs> than digging for a pen. I understand, yeah. And sometimes I wake up and look at what I wrote and I can't even read it. So uh, it's like, oh, dang it. I should have recorded that. Oh, fascinating. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. Carrie Hines is the president of Special Editions, which includes Beck Manufacturing and Beck Automotive Group, builders of the Beck Spider, the 904, the 356A Speedster, and a 356C Coupe. He grew up in the automotive industry as his father has been involved in specialty cars since 1979 when he joined forces with Chuck Beck in the mid-80s. And Carrie started working in the shop in the summer of 1990 through 1994 during his high school days. He earned a dual degree from Youngstown University in biology and chemistry. We got a smart guy in our hands today with a focus on psychology and human development. He then rejoined the company after college and started taking over the company back in 2000 with the goal to move production from South America back to the USA where they were then making the 550 spider bodies. And he's now running the operation. Both his father and Chuck Beck are about as retired as they're ever going going to be and for you listeners know <laughs> yeah chuck's been a guest on my show a couple times he does not sit idle at all and today carrie works with two of chuck's sons randy and dave very cool it's a family affair there we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our valued sponsors so give them a little love and we'll be right back covercraft's newest five layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle's stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint. And an extra layer of soft, 
Breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, custom fit to fit the car like a glove. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code YEAH, Y-E-A-H-21, at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance, classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, Carrie, uh, this is very interesting, and Carrie and I had a great conversation before uh, we opened the show up here about my old Beck Spider. You listeners have heard about that car, bought it 20 years ago, and uh, we may be uncovering a little mystery about that car. Uh, Carrie might know where that thing is today, but we're going to talk about what you're doing there in the business because I love what you guys are doing. That's why I bought my Beck Spider. Buying a real 550 20 years ago was not within my budget. It certainly is not in my budget today. But you guys make dreams come true in a variety of ways. So tell me a little bit about your company, all the different cars you build, and why you decided to, uh, after college, uh, not get into biology and chemistry and psychology, but go back into the family business and build some cool rides. You know, the the, uh, the answer to, to the question about college uh, really didn't take me long to discover. Um, I was out of school for about six months, not working in that field, and realized that, uh, I guess let me back up there for a second. You know, Chuck and uh, this would have been 99, 2000 right there when I joined the company. My father got hired on as the CEO of Avanti. And uh, he and Chuck had a long-standing joke that if one of them ever got a real job, they had to drag the other one along with them. <laughs> so Dad called Chuck and said, hey, guess what? You're the head engineer of Avanti. We're moving to Georgia, um, which is what brought Chuck to Villarica, where he, where he retired to. And uh, so when that happened, uh, I, I contacted him and said, hey, you guys really haven't done anything with the Speedster. 
you know, the company that, that was selling the spider for Chuck while he was doing this isn't, you know, isn't doing what they were supposed to be doing. What's the chances of, uh, of me stepping in and doing some of this? And uh, within six months, uh, it was taking more time than my full-time job. And I really had the realization that being able to do what you're passionate about and have that as your career is something that not a lot of people get the opportunity to do. Right. So uh, I, I had my come to Jesus moment and uh, <laughs> moved the family out to uh, northern Indiana, and, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Well, I think this is pretty cool. And like I said, you guys create cars for people that they typically maybe can't buy or because you're a much more affordable option or people that maybe like to hot rod stuff or do special things with cars and they maybe back in the day they don't want to do that to an original heavenly heavenly not a 550 spider but a speedster or a coupe or uh you know uh, any of those cars so tell us about the different cars that you're building today because along with my passion with a 550 i love 356s but those are becoming unobtainium the prices are just crazy and then of course we get into the 904 which is another one of those 550-esque price points that very few people can really afford but you're very busy because when i've been trying to get you on the show for a few weeks it's like i'm just too busy right now i'm sorry we got cars to build for the next couple years you're doing good right yeah, it's it's nuts around here. We we always stay just about sold out for the year, right at that that point. And we we build forty cars a year, and that's that's a, a really good mark for us. There's twenty of us here full time, and that keeps us very busy. Wow. Uh, at the onset of COVID, our phones started ringing off the hook. So as you can imagine, building forty cars a year, if we sell a car a week, a car every ten days, we're sold out for the year, and that's pretty standard for us. Um, and uh, so we start selling four and five cars a week uh, at the onset of COVID. Uh, and it hasn't stopped. We are now sold out. We actually we stopped quoting lead times at three years in January. Uh, and what we're telling people now is that it's somewhere between three and four years. If you can be patient, uh, you're welcome to jump on the list. Otherwise, give us a call back in a couple of years. Oh my gosh. Um, we we uh, we're continuing to expand the factory. We've added another ten thousand square feet. We're still dealing with some supply issues. Uh, fiberglass materials are still on stipend, um, and uh, the employment issues that everybody is facing around the country. Uh, but I, you know, have have some good interviews coming in this week uh, for some positions that we have open, and uh, you know, my core fifteen, sixteen guys that have been with me forever are still here and and still love what they do. So uh, you know, they're just working a little extra hard. So I have to ask, because I've heard this over and over within the car industry, COVID caused so many stoppages with so many different kinds of companies, but you just said something that I keep hearing, your phone rang more. What do you think happened? Why is the automotive industry boomed during COVID, despite the obvious challenges? You know, I, I don't know that I know the the, the, uh, the the proper answer for that, although what I've heard from a lot of people were, one, they spent a lot more time in front of their computer and they kind of made the decision, I've been thinking about this for 5, 10, 15 years, whatever it may have been, uh, and it's time to pull the trigger. The other thing that we heard a lot of people say, especially during uh, 2021, um, and, you know, 20 to 21, that it, but the two years there, was that they didn't take their normal family vacation. They weren't going out as much. They had a lot more expendable cash uh, yeah. um, from from being stuck at home, and uh, you know they, they wanted to put it towards this, which is, again, something they've been thinking about for a long time. When our lead times got to two years, I thought, man, people are just going to hang up on me, think I'm crazy. And the exact opposite happened. People are, people were saying, uh, 
you know, hey, we need to jump in line right now then and we'll figure out the details as we go. And that's continued to the point where, you know, as as we get to beyond three years, close to four years back backlog, you know, we're we're having conversations here of, okay, do we need to just shut down the wait list or do we keep just pushing it out? And, you know, I don't, don't, don't know that I know the answer just yet, but... Uh, it's a new problem for us. Yeah, well, it's, as they said, the proverbial good problem to have. So let's kind of walk through the cars. Absolutely. Now we'll start with the car that I had, which was a Beck Spider, basically a somewhat of a, well, a, re- a replica of the 550. Tell us about that one. Absolutely. That's the car that started it all for Chuck. Uh, it was a, you know, a replica of the 1955 550 Spider. It's a car that Chuck always wanted and wanted to improve on as well. So a little bit wider, a little bit longer, uh, you know, lighter. And, uh, you know, the car very well. It's, yeah. it's, a, a you know, it's, a, it's motorized sneakers. I believe it was called by <laughs> one of the magazines at one point in time, yeah. you know, 1500 pounds, uh, you know, for, for a water cooled car, which is, uh, one of the more popular options today, the flat four Subaru and, you know, all the way down to 1250, 1300 pounds for an air cooled version, uh, and horsepower to weight says it all. I mean, that's, uh, it, it's quite the little missile. Um, a motorcycle on four wheels would be another good description of it. You don't <laughs> yeah. have any creature comforts. You have, you have three pedals, a shifter and a steering wheel. And, uh, that's about the end of it, uh, all in a sexy package. Yeah. Very cool. Now, when people order that car, can they order different types of power plants and transmissions? You mentioned air cooled or the, the Subaru style boxer engine. Yeah, we set them up for air cooled or water cooled, and that's one that's one area that things have changed a lot with with EPA restrictions with the small volume manufacturing. We do not build turnkey internal combustion motor cars. Um, they they all have to be sold as rollers, and then the client supplies their own engine and transmission or transaxle, whatever the case may be, um, and that can be installed on their behalf uh, at a shop outside of the factory uh, that they arrange, or they can do it on their own. Uh, and then we offer a testing service for guys that maybe not so confident in what they. They've done or just want to verify what the shop's done. Car can come back to the factory after the drivetrain was installed. We check it out, make sure everything was done properly. And then I, then uh, one of the guys takes it out on about a 100-mile test drive, shakes down all the initial bugs, and makes some adjustments. Nice. Now, the 904, which is, I guess, somewhat new, although you've been doing it for a while, right? Yeah, the 904 was actually a project that started alongside the Spider in 1983. Made baby steps, but always ended up taking a backseat to the Spider. So there, there were some cars built sporadically over the years but didn't go into full production until about 2007. And that car can have a 911 engine put in it? or It is. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's set up for the 901 or 915 series gearbox mm-hmm. with a flat six Porsche 911 motor. Um, we are now prototyping uh, the M96, M97 Boxster and Cayman drivetrains. And in fact, uh, one of my personal cars here, uh, we fit the M96, just a 2.5 with the five-speed into it. Oh my gosh. With the prices of uh, of the air-cooled cars going through the roof, the, uh, the air-cooled parts have followed suit. So, you know, an $8,000 motor is a thing of the past. That's twenty five grand today. Uh, and you can buy a wrecked Boxster for, you know, several thousand dollars. So it just made sense of the, to, you know, the natural progression of it all. Yeah, I love it. Now, also, of course, the Speedster, which is another iconic car that the reality of real Speedsters, they've gotten half a million dollars. Some of those cars are more. Uh, so you build a, is, am I calling, is it proper to call it a replica? Can I say that? Absolutely. They are the replicas, tribute cars, uh, kit cars. It doesn't offend me. Okay, great. And uh, the other car, which is kind of fun, is the Coupe. The C Coupe, right? Absolutely. The the Speedster is is a replica of the 57 as a standard, although the original car, the difference is in 55. 
56, 57 through 59 are all in the taillights, gauges, and license plate lights. So uh, really easy to make it a replica of multiple years. That car in 2019, we took more to a resto mod, changed the chassis completely. Uh, Chuck designed the chassis and the suspension and the steering for me um, and actually produces that chassis to supplement his retirement income still uh, today. In fact, we, we travel down to Georgia every couple months and pick up a trailer load of them from him. Uh, but we took that car to... A-arm front suspension, rack and pinion steering, adjustable coilovers all the way around, independent rear suspension, all packaged in the in the original size Speedster body that we've produced since the 90s. Um, so wanted to take that one just a step beyond what was being done in the industry with the, the VW-based suspension or belly pan cars, although our cars have always been tube chassis. Uh, we still use the Volkswagen-based suspension on that car, much like what is still in the Spider and likely will always be in the Spider just due to space constraints. Did the same thing with the coupe, except for with the with the the coupe we wanted to go a bit beyond. So we made the coupe mid-engined. Um, so much like uh, you know the R904 or a Boxster Cayman, um, it is you know a tubular chassis, uh, A-arm suspension, rack and pinion steering, you know everything that, that that we did with the Speedster, but in a mid-engine platform, mainly water cooled. We're playing with a couple six-cylinder cars as well, but it makes a car that looks like a mid-60s 356C coupe, uh, but performs like of the 904. Wow, very cool. And the engine is still accessed through the back even though it's been pushed forward? No, there's a there's a cover uh, behind the seat that looks like uh, uh, leather luggage, and when you lift the luggage up, it, it's uh, it's your actually your engine cover, and you have a small trunk in the rear, uh, enough for some soft bags and groceries. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Fascinating. Very. I didn't know that. Very cool. I love it. Well, I would assume in your life, you've had maybe driving inspiration, an influential person, someone that's been a bit of a mentor in some way. Uh, is there somebody like that in your world? Oh, most certainly, most certainly. I, I, I've been very, very fortunate to to follow on the coattails of my father and Chuck, who are, you know, genuinely pioneers in this industry. Chuck is known the world around, uh, and my father has been representing, uh, you know, South American kit car manufacturers since the late 70s, uh, and then partnering with Chuck and setting up the factory and then the Beck legacy there. So, you know, I, I had some some great great uh, influence uh with my father and and he was one that that really pushed uh, you know patience and perseverance and breaking things down into their basics and their essentials and and then I had the the engineering genius and suspension genius uh of Chuck Beck behind that uh you know teaching me uh, and very much the same things you know break it down into its basics you have you have these components of steering and and uh you know they have to work in this way and so yeah, I, I was was very fortunate to have those guys uh, pushing me in this industry and uh, and, and teaching me and and sometimes smacking me on the hand. Uh, <laughs> all come all comes with it. Yeah, I think so. Well, for you listeners, you you regular listeners know Chuck was an early guest on my show, and I just recently had him back for his 85th birthday, uh, which is pretty spectacular. That you know he's one of those guys, and I assume your dad probably the same. They don't sit around very well. No, no. My dad retired for I think he, I think he was actually out of here for about ninety days. <laughs> that was it. Uh, and and he came back and said, "You got to find something for me to do. I'm I've done everything at home I care to, and get me out of the house." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what keeps longevity in life and happiness and all that kind of fun stuff. So I love it. Very cool. I love hearing some of this uh, this history of the business. We're gonna take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about a challenge and what you're looking like in the future. So keep those thoughts in mind, and we'll be right back. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy slick finish that 
Well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of Carnuba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, Wolfgang, a deep gloss paint sealant, is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. So, Carrie, let's talk about this. Big challenge, big obstacle, maybe a big failure that you hit. And it's more about the lesson it taught you so you can move forward. So maybe take us down a little bit of a rough ride. Boy, so I would say our biggest challenges generally have to do with with the the restrictions that we have in this business. We have 50 states that, that have different ideas of what replicas should be, and they, they register them differently. Uh, the, you know, there was, there was no kind of oversight of everything. And then SEMA, uh, bless their souls, comes in and, and tries to put some streamlines to all this. And there was about 25 states that adopted SEMA laws, although they had their, their own little variations. So you had to learn what each state wanted, to, you know, wanted these cars to be and, and wanted these cars to do. Uh, and now you have the Small Volume Manufacturing Act, which uh, which allows us to produce uh, up to 325 turnkey cars per year. But it also has its caveats. And for our industry, there's no approved motor at the moment, so the only the only cars that we can produce with a 17 digit VIN, once this is all set up and done, will be our electric series of the cars. So only our EV our EV stuff will have an approved drivetrain. You know, until some some additional motors get approved for the small volume manufacturing. Uh, you know, at present it's like Chevy V8s and, and Ford V8s are the only things that that are available to, you know, to to that that outlet. You know, you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask about EVs. Oh sure, sure, yeah. We we've you know I've built EV rollers for about twelve years for for people to convert on their own, and then I had to request for for several. Uh, and had some people that wanted to come in and do the work, uh, you know, on some. So uh, we've done we've done several iterations of of electric uh, speedsters and spiders. And I'm finishing up a cabriolet now that's an exact clone of the Janis Joplin car with the History of the Universe mural and um, oh, wow. a very very big project we've been working on all Tesla batteries and Warp Nine motor. Um, and we're uh, we're also in the process of prototyping um, or or it, robbing and duplicating. I guess would be a better term in this in this regard. <laughs> 
which is often R and D in this industry is uh, Robin Duplicate. But um, we're we're looking at reverse <laughs> I've engineering never heard, some never of heard the. Heard uh, that before? I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's one of the one of the very early things my father and Chuck taught me was that when you make something new, your first customer is going to be your competition. Yes, um, and uh, that's very true in our industry, oftentimes. But uh, we are working on reverse engineering some of the the Chevy Bolt uh, and some of the other major manufacturers EVs to give us much more range and uh, much more uniformity through the parts. And so that's a long-term project. I have a, a good business partner on that. Uh, but that's that's uh, one of our one of our big projects is to, to have the, the Speedster, the Spider, the, the Coupe, any of those cars, but with something that's got a 250, 300-mile range, something that's that's a bit beyond what, what's available today at that 100 to 150-mile range and, and uh, you know, charging restrictions and so on and so forth. Yeah. So when you carry that into the future, what does your future look like? What's your bucket list uh, in the next couple of years? Other than I guess you've got enough cars to build in the next two years. So no, Most certainly. Expansion, yeah. of, expansion of the facilities is certainly uh, first and foremost, as I started to mention earlier. And I actually don't know if we were on air when I was talking about it, but we added, uh, you know, 10,000 square foot to the factory. And then, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, so we're continuing to expand in that regard. But my main goal is to get, get set up properly in this small volume manufacturer, uh, ultimately to have an, an ICE, an internal combustion engine that was approved so we could do turnkey, uh, internal combustion engine cars. Um, but to continue, to, to continue to develop, to develop the electric cars, the EVs. And you have that car as a as a 17 digit VIN. You know, you can get your tax credits. You can register without hassle. Because that's where I was going with with what I was saying earlier. With uh, you know, prior to all of this, you get a different answer from every state. It, right. It, you know, it, and and there's nothing that that's more disheartening than dealing with a customer that or a client that that. Uh, you know, has been waiting a long time for their car. They've spec this thing out. They know every detail that's gone into it. They've watched pictures of it develop over the over the build, uh, and then they have to fight with their state to get it registered. Oh, um, yeah, horror stories. You know, when I bought mine, it came from California, and it had been licensed down there in California, highly restrict restricted place. And I brought the car up here, and they wouldn't let me register it. And I'm like, what? And I'll tell you a funny story. What happened was I ended up going. Somebody said. Don't go to the regular DMV. Go to a licensing office. And I went there and the lady said, what's the the VIN or the, you know, and I told her and she goes, it's not coming up. And I said, well, you know, it's a kit car. And she goes, well, what's the engine number? Well, my car was built with a 56 Porsche engine. And so when I gave that to her, she was able to pull that up. She goes, well, I'm just going to register it as a 1956 Porsche. And I just went, I just went, okay. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't, I stopped talking. That's wonderful. And she goes, well, then you can register it as a collectible car and you don't have to re-register it every year. Just get collector plates. Done. I lucked out. And th- and that's how these cars are used by most people. So it, it makes the most sense. And right. I understand the, the, the oversight and whatnot, but, and it's nice. So again, with this small volume, there's a lot of bugs to work out in this small volume thing to make it seamless, but uh, it's definitely a step in the right direction. Ah, cool. Love it. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. I'm guessing you've had a bunch, but maybe is there one that stands out for you? Yeah, I've got one that, that I just recently acquired. Um, it, it, Randy Beck, Chuck's uh, youngest son that's in the automotive, youngest of his older sons. Chuck, Chuck has three sons that are in their 50s, and then he's got a couple kids that are younger. But anyways, Randy campaigned a blue 914 on the West Coast in the POC for many, many years. Started out as a 1.7 liter car, four-cylinder, developed into a 3.8 RSR, Ooh. flared 13-inch slicks on the back, tunneled, lightweight race car that 
was running GT2 and doing very, very well. Wow. He got done with that car. It sold a few times uh, and wound up with somebody that we knew in southern Georgia. And uh, and he started selling off his collection recently, and I was able to reacquire that car. So uh, I am in the process of kind of backdating it to the smaller displacement that it originally was so that I can learn that car on the track. Uh, and then I'll I'll put a 3.6 or a 3.8 back into it eventually, but I uh, didn't want to kill myself day one, so oh, uh, it's got yeah. a little 2.5 two, two in it right now. Uh, but that's a, a, a car that's that's very special to everybody in the company, and uh, I'm just really proud to own it. Yeah, I had a 73 2.0. Uh, great fun little car, but I can't imagine putting a 3.8 in one of those things. Oh my God, holy cow. So yeah, sounds like a fun ride and great history too, so... You are very fortunate. Absolutely. I'm going to be your car psychologist today and crawl into your skull a little bit, Carrie. If you were uh, reincarnated, get the pun, as a vehicle, (laughs) not what you want to be, but the kind of guy you perceive yourself to be as a vehicle, what would you be and why? You know, I thought about this question for a while because I knew it was coming. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, everything I thought about was was exotic and cars that I liked and whatnot. And then I looked outside and you know what I drive every single day? I drive a a 2500 HD Chevy Silverado. (laughs) And I have since about 2007. In fact, I racked up almost 400,000 miles on my last one. And I just bought a new one about a year ago. That car describes me. That truck describes me very well. It's, It's reliable. It's a workhorse. It's a good, honest American truck. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. It's, it's just one of those. And, and that's kind of how I perceive myself as, uh, you know, just, uh, uh, I'm, I, I'm a workhorse. I, uh, uh, and I consider myself a good, honest American. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, you know, I hear that answer from a lot of people, uh, just get her done, uh, get down and get it done. We'd all love to be uh, sleek. 550 Spiders and 904s and Ferraris or whatever. But uh, most of us that work hard just get down and get her done. So solid like a rock, as they say. Or that yeah, or that guy that was just uh, in his Chevy truck in that tornado where it flipped his truck around and yeah. then it flipped it up. And he, you know, that the Chevy should give him a new truck and make a commercial out of that because. I, I actually, I believe that one of the dealers in, in, uh, in his home, in his hometown has said something about giving him a new truck. He, he And he now has the most famous Chevy truck in America. It was on every news channel in the world. You know what impressed me more than the fact that the Chevy truck survived is that he just drove away after the whole thing. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that guy's got some, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, absolutely. Holy man. I don't know if I'd have the wherewithal after something like that to just go, well, guess I got to go home. Uh, maybe you go get a beer or something. I don't know. So let's talk about a great book. Is there a great book that you'd like to share that you've enjoyed? You know, I uh, I the, I haven't read a good recreational books since college. Um, <laughs> but I read a ton of technical manuals and uh, restoration manuals and and service catalogs and, uh, you know, the, these, especially dealing with, with modern Porsche electronics, you know, these some of these some of these technical service catalogs are three and 4,000 pages long. Uh, but there is one great book that I, I reference all the time. Um, it's called Porsche 904, The Truth and the Rumors. And it is a chassis by chassis history of all of the cars um it details down to original car decks uh, uh, what colors the cars left the factory in what races they were in uh, lots of pictures of little details and parts and just one of those books that's extremely well put together and and uh, i love having having something where there's there's a history of every chassis that was that was ever made for, you know of the of the 904 uh from chassis number the you know prototype number one all the way to chassis number 126 
That book was by Philip. He's got a goofy last name. I can't remember. I know the book you're talking about. It's got like a gray cover or something. I- yep, it's uh, it's Olzik, uh, Al- 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 or something. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. And yep, Mike Morris exactly was the it. other uh, co co-author of that book. Yeah, cool book. I think it's uh, way out of print, so you're going to have to pay a little bit if you find one. But uh, interesting book, yeah, uh, with that classic, wonderful car. Love the 904. One of my one of my all time favorites. Yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, yeah, it might be the next toy for me. Maybe get a 904. That would be. Well, not a real one, but one of your guys once. Yeah. The real ones are a little pricey, <laughs> just a little bit. So. Yeah, I think they. I think they're good auction examples of hit that four or five million dollar at least. Dollar yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a bit much. So I'm going to allow you to go on the ultimate drive, which means I'm going to buy you any car. You can drive anywhere with anybody living or someone who's passed. So if you could go on that ultimate drive, and my checkbook is wide open for you, what does it look like for you? You know, this one wasn't too difficult for me. Um, there's a, there's a couple of cars uh, that that uh, we've we've owned, but I was too young to drive. Um, <laughs> one of them being a Mira, uh, and oh. the, and also the the AM uh, the Aston Martin DB4. And so I actually chose the DB4, uh, a little more civilized. <laughs> um, and uh, I would be driving because I'm a control freak. I can't be a passenger <laughs> okay. in anybody's car. Um, I'm not a good passenger. And uh, I, this is another one I thought about for quite some time, Mark. And uh, you know, I kept thinking of the celebrities, and quite frankly, I've met a lot of the celebrities that I wanted to meet. Uh, I've done, built cars for many of them, and uh, but uh, you know, quite honestly, I, I think I would take a uh, I would take a ride with my papa, my my grandfather, oh. uh, that uh, he passed uh, oh probably ten years ago now, oh. and uh, I've actually been a bit longer than that. And, uh, uh, you know, as far as what we would talk about on this drive, uh, I think I would just enjoy having a conversation with them, uh, as an adult. And, uh, I can't remember the last time the, you know, I, I was much too young and, and inexperienced and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he has a lot of life experience and decided that, that he didn't want to be poor anymore and went to Russia and learned how to, to do directional drilling and started his own directional drilling company in Louisiana and became very successful. And, uh, I'd really like to pick his brain. Yeah, sounds like an amazing man. What a fun ride that would be. So you've taken us on a fun ride today, and I'm so happy that you took some time to share the company and, you know, a company that I have a little bit of history with. And uh, I'll tell our listeners that there's a little small chance that Carrie might know where my old car is. So if you figure out it's the same uh, chassis number, let me know. That would be very interesting. My son's always been angry that I sold it. Maybe he can buy it back. He's an adult now with a good job. So yeah. wouldn't I will that, find out. Wouldn't that be something? Before I let you go, could you share a success quote, a mantra, or some kind of uh, words of wisdom for our listeners today? You know, something everybody's probably heard before, and it's something that, that we around here are very strong about, and that's uh, a man's as good as his word. You know, we, we, we learned uh, to be honest, to be straightforward. Don't oversell what we do because there's nobody walking because they don't have one of our cars. They're a toy, just not built like a toy. Um, so, uh you know, we've we've become known for not only our quality in the cars that we build, but uh, uh, for our customer service and the way we treat people. And it amazes me. We, we deal with a lot of huge CEOs, and and you know, I get get guys from these major Fortune 500 companies that that say, you know what, I've never had customer service as good as I've dealt with your company. <laughs> nice. And uh, we're very proud of that. And uh, we just do that through, through again being honest, being straightforward. And uh, you know, if we say we're going to do something, we do it. So uh, uh, that's kind of what we live by around here. Pretty simple. I just don't understand why more people don't live that way, but the world will be a much better place. How can people learn more about your company, Carrie? 
Sure. Uh, website, beckspeedster.com, beckspider.com. Any one of those will get you to it. You know, Google it. We've been in just about every major, major magazine out there. Um, and uh, But, yeah, the, there's information on our website. We're actually in the midst of revamping the website uh, so there'll be a, a new launch and, and uh, with more more company history, more car history, uh, a little more seamless parts ordering, things like that. Uh, but uh, there's there's plenty of information on the web. And uh, as I mentioned to you earlier on, you know, we're, we're sold out for the next three plus years. But if you're interested in getting in the queue and you've got a whole lot of patience, you know, hey, give us a call. We'll start working out the specs for you. Well, there you go. And I'll tell you, listeners, having owned one for a while and driving it, huh, there's so much fun. So uh, if you want to have some fun in your life, get in queue because uh, these things are a kick. Yeah, uh, I still kick myself a bit for letting it go at one point in time. Um, mine didn't have a top. So living up here in the Northwest without a top is a little bit of a challenge, but you can put tops on those cars. So there you go. Carrie, thank you for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and bringing some of my past and history of your company to our listeners today. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. We all count on skilled auto technicians to ensure that our families and ourselves are safe on the road. That an airplane will get me safely to my destination. That trucks are moving the stock to shelves of essential parts and things that we need. That's why Tech Force Foundation's slogan is so appropriate. When techs rock, America rolls. I love that. Tech Force is a charity of cars, yeah. And like all charities... They need our support. If you love cars and can relate to the young person's desire to turn their passion into a career, go to techforce.org today and donate or become a volunteer. That's techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!